0: As Strava says, drink deeply, live fully, and make the uh, the flames. Yeah, we'll go with the flames. Make the flames look like complete fools on every single night. You can buy Strava Craft coffee and get 20% off when you use code DNBR20. Strava is the CBD-infused coffee that you can now purchase in K-Cups, as well as whole bean or ground, whatever type of coffee you might fancy. It's been known to help migraines, decrease anxiety, arthritis, IBS, many other aches and pains as well. And the CBD is non-psychoactive. Just be sure to use that DNVR20 code to get that 20% off when you purchase. Supporting our partners is supporting us here at DNVR, so it really helps us out a lot when you use those codes for these products. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole, a left by Cole this time! Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen.
1: He shoots and scars! Nathan McKinnon! Col J T Comfer!
0: 877 goes now! Gabriel Landeskog, Collective hugs! 29 and 92! See me by Grooveauer! Move over, Picasso! This piece of art is by McKinnon,
1: my goodness gracious! <laughs>
0: Welcome in to the DNBR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. They have over a thousand beers for you to try, which you can order for delivery on their app, as well as sign up for their loyalty program. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Hayfly On DNBR watch as the Avs just put the Calgary Flames down 6-2 on home ice to take a 2-1 series lead in round one of the 2019 playoffs. AJ, was it somehow more dominant
1: than you remembered? It was, actually. <laughs> um, I I remember this being a beatdown and that yeah. they just blew them out of the building. And watching back on it, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, yeah, the Flames had a couple of good scoring chances where you could say, oh, this could have changed the game or this or that. But the Avs had quadrupled the chances and shots on goal. And. The the power play for Calgary produced more scoring chances for the abs. It really did. I mean, obviously
0: Nieto his second shorthanded goal in as many games, which I mean, that was the goal that pretty much put the game on ice. Honestly, the the abs are up three nothing, and the fourth yeah. one it was just kind of like, all right, this game is over. <laughs> yeah. So Calgary. <laughs> had i mean the game became a mess in the third period, so the the ultimate power play was Calgary one for six, the abs two for eight, yeah, but there was never really a time where the abs weren't in the driver's seat of this game,
1: yeah, you know those those first couple of minutes really before the five on three where the abs got the the lead um I guess you could say there was it was close like there were there was um Backlund hit the post, I believe. Yep, like early, early, early totally on in the game. One nothing
0: Calgary. Yep.
1: Yeah, and that was about it, man. That that really was about it. Uh, beyond that, it was basically all abs all game. I mean, twenty two to eight in shots on goal after the first period. So whatever, whatever semblance of balance existed in this game did not last long.
0: Yeah, I, I mean. <laughs> The Avs had 56 shots. The Flames had 29 in the game. The Avs' worst period for shots on goal was the third, in which they had 16. So uh, they were on a mission throughout this game. Uh, And then Nathan McKinnon scoring the Avs' first goal is a beautiful goal, and the Avs just never looked back. They basically just said, all right, cool. We're going to go out and dominate this team from start to finish. And they pretty much did uh, top to bottom in the game. Calgary clearly by the end of the game was frustrated as things got extremely messy. But this was, despite Calgary being the one seed, this was a game where I think everyone watching the series just realized these two teams are not on the same level.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, with the Avs being on the higher one.
1: Which was weird. I mean, just the how the seasons went and the... Uh... <clears throat> the way that uh Calgary just sort of breezed through the regular season. Yeah. Uh It was, this game was kind of shocking. Like you knew, you knew that they were going to win this game and that it was just the, the set of circumstances that existed, existed in such a way to make it so that the abs were going to be fine in this one. Right. Pretty much. The there was just too much energy, too much everything, but it was it was dominant. Right. I mean, just dominant.
0: It it felt less like oh, this was a game the ABS were always going to win, and more like oh, the ABS are just going to take this series.
1: Yeah, it really did. Uh, it it really felt like oh, okay, well. <laughs> They're gonna smoke them now. Yep, this and for the most part, done. they
0: did. Right? Are they? I mean, they really did control the rest of the series. Game four obviously ended up close, but uh, another game where you could say, if not for Mike Smith, the Abs probably win in regulation. And then yeah, Mike Smith five was the was only accrues. reason that yep. game was
1: close. Yep. And then game five wasn't close. Exactly. So, you know the Abs and the Abs thoroughly games two. Through five, the Avs thoroughly outplayed Calgary and at times completely dominated them.
0: Yep. It, it, this game was fun. Game yeah. two, we talked about being the spark of this team becoming a contender. Game three was kind of the team letting it all hang out and just showing yeah. what they can do.
1: Game 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 2 was like we belong and Game 3 was like now we're going to show you yeah how much we really belong exactly It was it was like we're not we're not sleeping on any of this Mm right We're they just came out ready Yeah we're we're here to stomp you and get get on with the getting on So and they did
0: they sure did. Uh, let's talk about the defenseman in this game. We'll get to the <clears throat> the obvious man, but was this... I don't know. I wouldn't say it was Ian Cole's best game, despite nope. having multiple breakaways and picking up two assists. But you brought up a very good point during the game, knowing what we know now, that Ian Cole went and had double hip surgery immediately after the playoffs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: For him to... Saved a goal, had multiple breakaways, played a ton of PK, helped the abs to two assists. Honestly, it's pretty impressive.
1: There were some, there were problems, just like there were in game two in Calgary. There were some there were some issues watching it. Yep, and it was you know it's it's like oh man, this is kind of rough, right? But knowing that he went and had double hip surgery right after this it's fascinating to go back and, and re-watch this because you know when you're watching it you're like oh this guy's bad and blah 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 like right like all that typical like frustration that yeah. you get when a guy when a guy is playing poorly and then and then you learn that context to go actually go back and re-watch it and to see it uh, it's. It was at least I thought it was. It was interesting because I hadn't thought about it. I, you know, obviously we knew that he had the surgery and that we were, you know, we had seen him in the playoffs, but to actually see the surgery or to know about the surgery and then to actually go back and watch the performance and kind of put those pieces together, yeah, it's. You're kind of like, yeah, you really do kind of walk out of that feeling like you know this is actually a little impressive.
0: Right. Even with the the downsides of it, realizing yeah. every time that dude tried to turn on his skates was probably killing him.
1: Yeah. It was like, probably very painful. Yeah. So And if it wasn't, he was on very good drugs and it was very painful after it was over. And this is coming from a man who saved a
0: goal with his face.
1: Yeah. All I game, could so. all I could think of, all I could hear when I saw that was Rob Riggle shouting in the face. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Also applies to Valentino's face goal for yeah, sure, but very much so. <laughs> um yeah, so it's it's funny how you view those things in hindsight once you know the full story for sure. Something to keep in mind in those type of moments. Yeah. Um but uh, look, uh, the Avs' top 3 kind of just took this game and and made it theirs. Obviously, Nathan McKinnon, the first two goals of the game, this was, I would say this was the series where McKinnon proved himself as the offensive leader of this team, even in the important moments, right? Yes, Mm -hmm. he had some great moments in the 13-14 playoffs, but the Avs really had struggled through the playoffs in 17-18. They belonged with Nashville, but they weren't getting these important goals that Nathan McKinnon came out after winning game two in OT says, this is our house. Ain't nobody going to beat us in here.
1: Yeah. They cashed. Yep. That was, that was really it. Uh, the big gun stepped up, led the way and cashed in on the chances. And that was really the difference between this series and, uh, the Nashville series. Uh, I mean, I guess other than the fact that the abs like dominated play. Yeah. But it was, I mean, there's one thing about Nathan McKinnon that's always been true. Everywhere he's been, his whole career, he's always been a postseason performer. Yep. You know, you, you look back to his draft year, and how, how amazing is it to look back on that Memorial Cup? Of him just absolutely going off. And you had three of the top four picks in the Memorial Cup that year, competing... Uh with or against each other, yeah. Exactly. Like Seth and and it was top two the top forwards were going against the top defensemen. Yep. And it was we don't know who the top forwards really are. There's some debate here, but there is a clear-cut number one defenseman, and he is going head to head against these guys. And Nathan McKinnon threw up five points against Seth Jones. And was just like, what's up? And shredded the Memorial Cup. Yep. And then you remember you remember when he was uh, his rookie year when he won the Calder and he had he had 10 points in that 7 game playoff series against the Wild yeah, including overtime winners like this was this this is this is what he's always done and you look at that versus the Johnny Gaudreau Invisible Man routine. Oh there. my yeah. God, I am so shook right now. The kind of kind of performance that he put on in this series, and it's it's kind of a wonder Calgary won Game One at all. Yeah, I, I mean
0: you you said it right, Mike Smith and
1: the Nobodies versus the Colorado Avalanche, basically. Yeah. Um. Yeah. When you look at you look at who scores in this, it's. Noah Hannafin to make it six two, so you don't care. Yep, and Sam Bennett off of off the skate, right? It to make a, it four to one. A where you're like a couple of wonky oh,
0: goals after the game was over.
1: Yeah, like those are okay. You don't mind that um, the, the 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 goals in you know game one they did their thing, whatever. And really, the only point through now three games that Gaudreau has is a secondary assist. On a play that involved two odd bounce, two awkward bouncing pucks that three guys just slapped at and the last one happened to go in the net. Yeah. It was like the perfect slap.
0: (laughs) Straight up. Totally. The number of things that had to go right on that play were far too many for any amount of consistency. Yeah. But. We'll go ahead and get out of this first period as it's time to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. I actually don't have a Breck beer. I was drinking them earlier in this game, but they were too good and I drank them all. So, I drank myself out of Breck beer. Uh, Highly recommend it to anyone who has not tried it yet. Now's as good a time as any if you're here in Colorado around the Littleton area, you can head on down to the farmhouse and use code DNVR when you pick up your beer and a meal to get five bucks off. It's a great deal and it's a very easy way to pick up lunch or dinner and your Breck Brews as well. You can call 303 803 1380 from noon to 8 p.m. Schedule your pickup, go on down there and get what you need. Or if you don't want to leave the home, you can always use something like Drizzly to order a 15 can sampler pack and get that amazing. Breck Brew. Second period of the DNBR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits with Rudo and AJ. I beat around it for the first period, but this was, in fact, Kale McCarr's first ever NHL game. And, obviously, incredible moments throughout, but just... I think... I don't remember... A rookie, even Nathan McKinnon, whose entrance into the NHL was that hype, that incredible, of the the entire arena just absolutely losing their minds because he stepped on the ice at all. Yeah. So, right from second one in the NHL, it was apparent that Kale McCarr was going to be something special. And obviously he ends up getting the goal. And to me, it almost felt like the Pepsi Center as a 18,000 strong, single-handedly willed that moment into existence by themselves.
1: Yeah. The only other, the only other debut that I remember being quite that hype was Austin Matthews. Yeah. And he scored four goals in that game.
0: Right. So, kind of went off.
1: Yeah. C- congratulations on having the the debut of debuts. Yep. Um, Makar just made it look easy. He really did. He... I think I think he's going to screw it up for Bowen Byram because Byron's going to come in next year and he's going to he's probably going to look like a normal rookie.
0: Right. Not like an absolute freak who's w- capable of putting up a point per game season in his
1: rookie season. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like uh, Kilmacar McCarr might ruin the concept of what rookies are for a couple of years. Yeah. For abs fans. Probably Just because true. this is, this is, it's always, you know, and it's, it's kind of always been this way with abs rookies. Yep. Yeah. Um, Forsberg was amazing. I guess that was technically, technically Quebec. Quebec, but still ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, you know, they had the, the Drury Heyduk tandem rookie as well. Yeah. Before that. Finished, uh, Drury and Hayden finished finished uh, top three in the Calder voting in the same season. Landis won it. Uh, Duchesne had, was very good. Yep. Um, you know, M- McKinnon won the Calder. Uh, at worst, McCarr will finish second in Calder voting. So it's just kind of a long, long history of impressive Avalanche rookies. And McCarr... Arguably the best among all those. I'm forget I left out Paul Stastny who had like 76 points in his rookie year.
0: Yeah, it, we've talked about it a lot uh, in various circles, whether it be on the DNVR lounge or otherwise. But Makar, mm-hmm. every single time he touches the puck, you just get that feeling in the pit of your stomach that something special is happening. It it has that it factor.
1: Yeah, he has like look, everybody everybody loves McKinnon and watching McKinnon play and understands what a special talent he is. Yep. But McCar brings the Forsberg element.
0: Exactly.
1: The the one where it just looks different. Yep. Especially when you think about McCarr being the defenseman where it just it's just different. And there isn't a better word to describe it because that's what it is it's just different yep. it it stands out in its own way it's it's dominant in its own way there's a singularity to it and this is the one thing when i and, and i don't want to get into it but when i try to talk to, to to vancouver people and say hey like there's there's an element here that you're looking at the underlyings and you're looking at the point totals and your age and this and that. And I'm like, look, I've watched a lot of Quinn Hughes play. It just doesn't have that. Yeah. It just, it's just not there. Like he's a very, very good player. Yep. But Kyle McCarr is just the, the whole package. He is the combination, the, the, the maturity. And, and you, you think about it. You think about when each, when each of them was asked about the Calder, The answers that they gave, respectively, and it really just kind of showed where they were and the difference between them, maturity wise. I love the answer of Hughes being like, "Yeah, I check out McCarr all the time, and I'm
0: keeping an eye on it." And Makar being like, "I don't think about it at all."
1: And and he was, and he, you know, and like I have no issues with that. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't have any any bones about him being like, "Hey, I I keep an eye on it. I want to win it." I want to be the best rookie. I wanna I want to win that thing. You only get one chance to win this one particular award. I want to win it. Yep. I don't have any issues with Quinn Hughes feeling that way. But that you ask Kale McCarr about it and he completely dismisses it. Yep. And and it's a genuine thing. He will not talk about himself. And there was no better example of how uncomfortable he is when it comes to praise yep. than after the ad's last game when they played the Rangers and they were sitting up at the podium and Landis is talking about him and talking about him. And he's like, all right, he's just lavishing him with praise and all of it. Just, and McCars literally has to tell him to stop. Okay. All right. Let's knock it off now. We're done (laughs) with this. Yeah. Yeah. I,
0: there are two types of elite players that I hear other players in the NHL talk about. There are the players that no one wants to play against. That's Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. No one wants to play against Nathan McKinnon. They don't want to get roasted by that guy. When other players talk about Kale McCarr, they just spout off about how incredible he is and how the things he does are ridiculous and how he's an amazing talent. And it's all about a how special he is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> McKinnon. Like- McKinnon is on a Hall of Fame path. We talked about it on a previous podcast, but he doesn't have that. He doesn't have the, oh my God, everyone in the league thinks this guy is
1: unbelievable. It's, I mean, it's funny you say that because I've sat in press boxes and listened and talked to opposing players. Yeah. And they do feel like they watch McKinnon and they're in awe. Sure. And even then, when they watch McCarr, it's completely different. Yep. It's something completely different. It's they, the 0.01% of the guys, of the hockey players in the world, the the absolute tip top in the world, look at Kale McCarr with envy.
0: And can't comprehend how he even does some of the things that he does.
1: And just, and just look at him. And they're like, you're kidding. (laughs) Like, this is not real. This is not possible. Yep. And it started on day one. Yeah. I from, mean, from the this, very beginning, this dude got out, stepped out onto the ice for morning skate, and all of his teammates stopped what they were doing and were doing the stick taps on the ice and the whatever, whatever. And he just completely ignored all of it and was like, all right, tell me what to do. Yep. What, who's my, who's going to be my partner? Where am I going? Time Which, to go to work. Who am I yeah. dominating tonight? Because let's get this show on the road. Yep. And I, I, I noticed I was I was actually uh, watching a, a thing of Makar highlights the other day because I was thinking about it and you watch him. He doesn't always look like he's having the most fun. Sure. Like he even after even after they score goals, he's just like, yeah, cool. Very very expressionless. Like, yep. All right. Did our did what we had to do. Let's right. okay. We've got next. All right, yep. Let's get back to work, all right, yep. that's immediately in the rear view mirror, and he's looking forward and there's just something to be said about a stone cold competitor like that, yep, a dude that just has no pulse that's that the
0: forsberg factor you were yeah. talking about there he's yeah. a
1: straight killer, yep, and that's I think of all the things about his game. that's the thing that scares me the most if I am certainly another central division team,
0: yeah. You look into but, that guy's eyes on the ice and he's just coming for you. you right. You,
1: you know. Well, and we've seen, like, that dude will light a fool up, too. Yep. Like, this is not just about offense. Yeah, he, he will, he will step into kids. someone. Yep. yep. And not afraid
0: to straight manhandle you in the corner if that's what it takes. Yeah. And there are... The list of defensemen that can do what Makar can do on both ends of the ice are... Eric Carlson before the ankle surgery, and that's about it. yep it's it's not a long list, certainly. so yeah, I mean, the fact that this kid is going to be stuck with the abs for at least another five years is is good news. Mm-hmm. And this was the beginning the the starting moment of everyone realizing, oh my God. The Avs may have the best defenseman in the league.
1: To go along with Nathan McKinnon and Nico Ramsey. Yeah, exactly. So, this, it feels like this was the game where it was like, uh oh.
0: There's something here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: on that note, we'll take our second break. And look, Kale McCarr came into the league as a 20 year old. And straight-up dominated it. Low-key, one of the factors that nobody knows about this, it's because of his manscaped balls. Straight-up. Nice. It's fact that his manscaped made him more aerodynamic. He can use that speed from the defensive end to just make fools look absolutely foolish and straight-up dominate the sport as a rookie. Scoring 50 points in 57 games, yeah, that's because he used the lawnmower Mower 3.0 to make that look nice and tight. You know what? I bet he uses the chafing deodorant as well. Just, you know, when you're moving that fast, your legs are going to generate some heat. It's, it's the way things go. If you want to help us here at DNVR, you can sign up for your Manscaped package and use DNVR20 at checkout on manscaped.com to get 20% off and free shipping. This stuff really helps us out. It's tough times, obviously, for everyone in quarantine and and if you support these types of things like Manscaped, who we're big fans of, it helps support us as well. As right now, like I'm going to be honest with you. We're just trying to get through all of this quarantine stuff. Like That's where it's at, and supporting Manscaped helps us. So please, go out there, support Manscaped, support DNVR, and get this going. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast, presented by Davidson's I'm Ruto, he's A.J. Haefley. I mean, nothing but positives from this game, right, A.J.? Sure, the Flames scored two irrelevant goals, but this was a team that you put them out there and they play like they did in this game, and they beat any team in the league, be it the Stanley Cup champion Blues or otherwise.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So no one can beat this team when they're at their best and there are a couple of teams around the league you can say that about but there are not many and the abs have put themselves in that category to be honest with you starting with this game yes they did win game 2 but they took a goalie that had their number and just put on so much pressure that it didn't matter he even didn't mike smith didn't even play that poorly in this game the abs yeah. were just an onslaught
1: I would say the the third, the McCarr goal and the Definitely goal... Definitely, the
0: McCarr goal was soft.
1: Are probably the two where it's like, yeah, you probably should have had those, dude. But, but
0: nonetheless, even if you take away those, the Abs are up three nothing in the second period with McKinnon's goals and Nieto shorthander.
1: Right, like you're they still comfortably win this game if you take two goals off the board. Right, exactly. So uh, I'm, you know, they they were. Mike, Mike, I feel bad for Mike Smith in this one. Sure. He, he got lit up in this, and he was their best player by a country mile. The dude
0: gave up six goals and had a save percentage of just shy of 900. Like, <laughs> That's how many shots the Avs put on net in this game. Did, did they end with 56? 56. I was right. to 29 by the flames so 56 to 29 yeah that's 27 shot differential and those are just the ones that hit the net
1: such a beat down man yep. that's an unfathomable beat down <laughs>
0: and that's why this game even before the f scored never really
1: felt close Whew. yeah it was like the back one post and then every moment after that yep all ads
0: yep straight up that other than after the backland post, I don't think the Flames really got a quality opportunity in the first. And, you know, Gruber yeah. had to make a couple saves, but they were right to the logo type stuff.
1: Yeah, and he got lucky. You know, Cole, you know, Landis Gog sure. with his back made a stop. And that puck might have gone wide, but we don't know. Don't have to think about it, basically. Just give credit to Landy just in case. Yeah, definitely. And... Ian Cole definitely saved a goal with his face. Oh yeah,
0: that was a goal for sure.
1: <laughs> so a beast. Gotta respect that. I don't really have much else to say about this game, man. If you wanna Yeah as as Chad has mentioned, if you would like to bring up uh Absolutely. the Alex Newhook Award the, today.
0: The actual news is uh Alex Newhook winning the uh the Tim Toolman Taylor, NCAA rookie of the award uh, rookie of the year award. Um uh, Obviously, I think it's well-deserved with an incredible season. He already had won pretty much every award a rookie can win in the Hockey East. So just getting that recognition on the national level, uh, the kid's an unbelievable talent. I mean, Cale McCarr didn't win any rookie stuff like that in his... Rookie freshman His, year. Yeah, but freshman season, yeah. They're... Granted, he played for UMass. That was not a great team that year, but...
1: Yeah, a UMass team that the year before, I think, we had won four games.
0: Yeah, they were... I mean, Kale McCart led them to a conference champion or a NCAA championship game in two years. Obviously, they didn't win, but...
1: Yeah, and, like, there's some help. Guys like John Leonard and Mario Ferraro and some good... Sure. And, but, like, obviously... Kiel McCarr led the, almost led the country in scoring as a defenseman, which would have been a first. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, it's just, just a little different. Yeah, yeah just that's a the bit correct different.
0: response to that is to just laugh.
1: Yeah. Uh, with Alex Newhook, man, I'm I don't know, I don't know uh, that the extra year is a great thing for both him and the organization. Yep. And the ultimate luxury that they don't feel. Pressed, you yep. know, I mean, imagine, uh imagine had Vancouver taken new hook and I'm just using a team randomly. Not this is not like me picking on Vancouver. Um, But if, if imagine had the Canucks taken new hook 10th, instead of put Colson, right. There would have been a ton of noise about him signing this year. Yep. About him coming out and it, him being a one and done pretty much any lesser team than the Avs
0: is probably at very least seriously considering signing him. If not yeah, signing him
1: like there's, there's like what, I mean, St. Louis would have signed him.
0: Yeah. The only teams I think that might be holding off on it are the Avs, maybe Boston, maybe Tampa Bay.
1: Yeah. Those are the three teams that I also had. Those yeah. three exact teams. Yep. <laughs> that would have been like, no, we're we're, good. we're we're already super stacked. So. We're okay. Like, yeah, we can. We we aren't we aren't dying for this kid right now. We don't need this. Uh, the extra year will be beneficial to him in such a way that we're very comfortable waiting. Yep. Because you're you're weighing like what's best for both sides, right? And getting him in there next year to be a twenty to thirty point guy to have the kind of season that Jack Hughes just had. I think is what he would be looking at if he, say, he was a Canuck and he did sign after this season. That's the kind of rookie year I would expect from him.
0: Yeah, I think that's pretty reasonable, especially he's going to be in a third-line role and and that kind of reality. A player that I wouldn't call him small by any means, but certainly someone that could benefit by continuing
1: to fill out and another year in college will do that. I think more slight than small. Yeah, because that's he's a good not. Way to put it, yeah, he doesn't have the big broad shoulders like a McCarr does. Right. Uh, he just has a smaller build where he won't he won't have as much frame to max out, but it will be more important for him to get there. Yep. And the strength and conditioning for one more year, and we've talked about this before. Yep. The strength and conditioning for one more year from a from the college program will be very important for him for sure. But they also. Like you fast forward a year and right after the expansion draft, if they lose a Confer, or they lose a Don score, or they lose a Jost. There's an Alex Newhook waiting. <laughs> an immediate drag and drop replacement for your organization. Yep. You know, you're not even talking about like Shane Bowers, which he should absolutely be at that point too. Right. But like Alex Newhook, you're looking at him and saying, okay, like, go get it kid yeah yeah you're you're feeling like this is and he had the kind of freshman year where you're thinking okay we were talking about him as being like oh he'll be the 2C in Colorado and you know hopefully he can be like a 20 goal guy and he'll be like a 50 point player like we would both be really happy with that yep but he had the kind of freshman year where that's becoming much more of a okay. He should be this type of player. like if that's what he ends up with, it'll be you'll be okay with it. It'll still yep. be like oh okay, that's that's fine. Yep, but you'll be a touch disappointed, right? That he's not a bona fide sixty point two C type of guy. That he's yeah that he's not a that he's not a seventy point player. That he's not Matt Duchesne two point yep. yep. So. You know, like there's there's a very real world where New Hook comes in and immediately just starts taking over a job. And the extra year will be great for him. This is just more validation on what a special freshman season he had.
0: There yeah. I it realistically. At the start of the twenty one, twenty two season, the Av's top six could be the three-headed monster, mm-hmm. Newhook, Burkovsky, Pick a top six player.
1: I mean, still talking Kadri at that point.
0: Kadri would have one year left on his deal if he. Yeah. Depending on how Newhook plays that year, obviously there could be a, a conversation about which one is the three C, which one is the two C.
1: Yeah.
0: But it it's incredible how well the Abs have set themselves up for the next five-plus years with all of these players. And a lot of them, yeah, we knew they were going to be solid. And and coming in, and Newhook, being as good as he's been so far, feels like that extra little kick of bonus that can put a team over the top.
1: Yeah, he feels... It's... I'm not even sure that there's like a good a comparable. comparable. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a situation where a team just was like, okay, well now we're unstoppable. You know, it's almost, um, first thing that springs to mind is uh, Hosa signing in Chicago. Sure.
0: After they went out, they drafted Kane and Taze.
1: Yeah. Or Taze And, and Kane
0: developed Brandon time. sod. Right. And then the big gun of Hosa came over after losing in the cup finals. Yeah, and they just were a machine that had one mission to go out and win a cup, and then they eventually won three. But
1: the I will say the one thing that does give me a little bit of pause is this is sort of similar to the where Minnesota was when Parise and Suter signed in free agency. They had they had a top flight farm system, and everybody was very excited about all the youth coming up. Everybody thought, oh my gosh, they've got seven, eight prospects that are going to be NHL players. And for the most part, those guys became NHL players. Just not the high end they were hoping they for. They just didn't get the superstar. And obviously, Colorado, this is a little different situation. They kind of already have that superstar. <laughs> yeah, they've got, they've got a McKinnon, they've got a Rantanen, and yep. they've got a Makar. And that gives them the luxury of, if Bowen Byram is not a superstar, this does not set them back.
0: Right. They don't need these kids to be superstars. Yeah. If they, they are, don't... then they're winning cups. Exactly. So, it it's hard not to root for this ABS team right now. I Even if you're not an ABS fan out there, it's a very fun team to watch, night in and night out.
1: They're, they're the envy of <clears throat> Outside of Tampa Bay and Boston, they're yep. the envy of the league yep. in terms of setup for the future, present present competitiveness, and future competitiveness. And then, all on top of that, they have Eustace Anandin as a top goaltending prospect, just hanging out, existing. Yep, as an additional dunk on the universe. So.
0: The Abs are are just jamming balls into the net right now or pucks or whatever you want to call it. Whatever sport you're playing, I think that's a great place to leave it. So, we're going to get out of here for this Friday episode. As always, thank you for listening. Y'all know the drill. I already told you Monday nights we're starting the 96 Conference Finals, Abs versus Wings. Hell of a series, a whole lot of stuff going on in that series and no VHS tracking. No VJS tracking, very quality. and you get to even experience Fox tracks if you aren't old enough to remember that back in the day. So get ready for some glow pucks. Hope y'all will join us. We're gonna get out of here and y'all will hear from us again on Monday. Also, Denver Rubber Company. They have been around since 1972, long before Foxtrax was ever around, and they are much more reliable than something like Foxtracks. They can help you out with any of the projects you have going on during the quarantine, whether it be a need for molded rubber gaskets or custom hoses, or honestly just about anything made out of rubber. More specifically... Those snowplow blades. Snow is on the horizon. I'm pretty sure it's already snowing in the mountains tonight and will certainly be hitting the metro area over the weekend. They can get you all hooked up with snowplow blades that are custom fitted to meet whatever your specifications may be and they're double sided so you can use them and just keep on using them once you wear one side down flip it over good to go. storm over the summer and they'll be there waiting for you in the winter. It's a great deal. Be sure to hook them up as they are a locally owned business just like us here at DNVR. You can reach them either by phone or online. Online at drcfirst.com slash dnvr and 1-800-259-0010 by phone for any projects that you need rubber for. <laughs> And we are Avalanche with A.F.A.L.E.